I'm Morgan Hanso. And I'm Dave Hanso. And we believe that every person is created with unique passions and talents. And yet most of us don't live as if that's true. Welcome to the LGH TV podcast. Welcome to LGH TV's podcast number 13. Bad news. Yeah, we're going to be talking about bad news today. And actually, really, we're going to be talking about why we as humans um, have a tendency to be drawn towards bad news. And in fact, I would suggest before even putting this online that more people will listen to this podcast because we're titling it Bad News than any other podcast we've released. Ooh, this is a social experiment. So if you've never listened to the LGHTV podcast, know that we have amazing interviews with people who do incredible things and are using their life for big, beautiful things. And um, But if you're tuning in for the first time, most likely it's because there is a negative headline alongside this podcast entitling it Bad News. Your assumption was probably that there was something that we had to report that was bad um, or, or hard news to hear and for whatever reason, um, and we're going to get into that, we are attracted as a people to negativity. Right. It's actually, there's a name in psychology for that. It's called the negativity bias. Okay. As humans, we are attracted to things that are negative, drawn toward them. Okay. Is there a reason why? I mean, do you know? I'm not a psychology major. (laughs) But just, you know, it's just kind of that collective hunger towards um, hearing or remembering bad news. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, and just so you guys know, the, the listeners, Dave pitched this idea of talking about this, and then we haven't talked about it. So right. we're kind of coming to the table with our own hypotheses and assumptions and things that we've kind of looked at in the last couple of days. But we this so this conversation is happening in real time. Well, I guess it's real time. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like we're talking right now for the first time about it. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons I was drawn to this, uh, I mean, there are a few, a few reasons, of course. One is if you watch any news, national news, local news, it's, it's hyped by fear and bad news. Um, we were just in New York City and every morning we would go up to our hotel and listen and eat breakfast and they would have CNN playing in the background and, um, or Fox News. And it would be consistently like, hey, be really fearful, especially it was the holidays and we were in New York. And right. um, every day it was, hey, watch out, ISIS is coming, Ter- you know, be on alert, be watching out, be, you know, just basically, yeah, you're screwed and, uh, and be scared. Um, and so it got me thinking, but, but not only that, uh, but in our own personal lives, in starting an organization years ago, that we worked in Uganda, Africa for seven years. And the, the natural assumption for many years with a nonprofit is you explain um, how bad a situation is so that you can raise the most amount of money. Yeah. So we've talked about this before, but basically the success of a nonprofit um, traditionally has been based on the failure of the people you're working with. So commercial after commercial in the 90s where kids with flies on them, they were dirty 
and, and uh, yeah, and their bodies were very yeah. skinny, and you were seeing bones and bloated bellies, and right, right. Um, but it but it worked. It raised a lot of money for organizations, and in fact, you can go along Facebook right now, and I'm sure you can find a handful of organizations that are going to do the exact same thing. Uh, we've gotten a little better at it uh, as a people. Uh, we've we've twisted it with a little bit of hope. But when you when you nail down why you looked at that thing, why you took more time, um, typically it's because it starts with negativity. It starts with the bad news, so that you can then be the savior of that bad news. You can bring in the you know. So from a no, from a nonprofit standpoint, ministry standpoint, whatever. Um, Usually you start with the diagnosis of the problem, convincing people how you're going to then solve it. Um, but, but essentially it starts with bad news. Hmm. So I find this all really interesting, uh, both from a personal standpoint and, and running things that hopefully matter and point out the good and the beautiful all over. Um, but also from, yeah, just culturally, why, why is it that every news station is and new- based on this? And newspapers too. We tried getting our local newspaper. Yeah. This last month, and basically because they almost were like paying us to take it. I was like, <laughs> saying we've never read the newspaper, and they're yeah, it's it was almost too cheap. But but it was actually it was really hard too because you read and it's like news story after news story of really sick, demented people. And I was I made some comment, remember the other day at breakfast, I was reading something. I was like, oh my gosh, there's sick people in this world. And she was like, what do you mean? Sick like they need to go to hospital? <laughs> I was like, no, sick, twisted, like messed up people that need help and are messed up in the head that do messed up things. So yeah, it is hard. And I mean, we're quitting receiving the paper, not because of just that, but also because our lives are so busy that we found that they were piling up and we weren't reading them and just having to put them in the recycle bin unread. So, um, yeah, it is really interesting, you know, going back to talking about just our person, you know, that negativity bias where we tend to be drawn to the negative and only remember the negative that just jog something in my memory. Remember the other day, Dave, when you were saying, you were telling me about somebody or some, some study where it was people remembering their past and then thinking towards the future. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it really plays into this, but I have a feeling it could in why we're drawn to, I don't know. Can you yeah, that. I'll try to I, explain I th- it. I don't even know I think if I'm going to explain it. I think it may work here. Yeah, well, uh, basically this study was showing how people, um, they, they put up two boards. Um, on the left-hand side, there was this huge board that uh, they, they got this whole group of people, and they basically said, okay, this is the left side. This left board is your past. This right board is your future. Um, I want you to go and put both um, you know, they had two different colors of tiles that they could go put on these boards and it would stick up on these boards. And um, on the left, you know, they would go and put um, positive and or negative things. So each of them, a positive and a negative, had a different color and they could go put them on the left board, um, things that had happened in their past, so both positive and negative. And then for their future, what they hope for, po- both positive and negative. And the overwhelming sense was as they looked at the, as you would look at both of these boards and hundreds of people putting up it on the left-hand side, it was vastly negative. The things they remembered, um, they would remember 
the hard things they went through, the difficult things they went through over the last year or the last period of time. And in the future, most of us were really hopeful about the the things that no, nobody assumed that bad things were going to happen. They assumed only good things over the next coming year would happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, which is interesting because it makes me think that maybe we have this fixation to the negative things, yeah. negative circumstances. If that's how, you know, collectively we remember the past. Right. When you talk about a past that you typically would pull back and think about the negative things. That's interesting. You know, I was, I was hearing, um, this is going to give away a little much for us, but uh, I was listening to an interview with Justin Bieber, who we are now fans of. Again, that went away sorry, for a while. I'm not sorry. Yeah, a little. He's a little too good lately. I don't, I'm feeling a little like a 16-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> but he was giving an interview because basically he went off the deep end for years. And uh, this interviewer was asking him, you know, how do you reconcile where you were for for the last few years and all the negative things you did and basically all the press you got of just the crazy bad decisions you made versus any of you know, where you are now. And he, he basically said, well, I've come to learn that, um, and he gave an example of uh, if you live in a neighborhood and your next door neighbor cheated on his, on her husband or his wife, the whole neighborhood's going to talk about it. They're all going to talk about the bad thing that just happened. Mm. But that same neighbor gets a raise at, at work or they get a, they get a promotion or they get, um, you know, something good happens at work. That's not going to spread. So bad news spreads much faster and um, good news spreads much slower. Uh, We have a tendency to share the bad things and the good things we keep to ourselves. Hmm. And yeah, that made a lot of sense. You know, and so Justin Bieber, of course, was saying how, you know, press only covered the handful of really bad things he did over the last few years that probably most early 20-somethings probably did similar things, never covering any of the good, any Gosh. of the you know positive things that happened in his life. Well, and we know that. I mean, we'd be silly as humans to not admit that we're guilty of that as well. I mean, that's like the stem for a lot, probably a lot of our conversations and, you know, gossip and you know, our mouths are so powerful and what we say is so powerful that, yeah, it makes sense. We we just tend to want to point out and talk about the negative stuff. I mean, can you even talk or remember um, anything positive our government has done in the last few years? And we know they've done some amazing things. They've changed things. They've you know, they've, they've held down laws that are, that are necessary so that we all have the freedoms we have. And yet I would, I would guess 90% of the, 99% of the conversations when you talk about the government, I'm talking about your local government, your national government, our president, you can only point out, people only discuss the negative things, the, the ways they disagree with never mentioning, gosh, did you know he actually did this? Did you actually know... Does that make sense? Right. And I would say that that's political affiliation aside, you know. Right. Regardless of what, you know, yeah, what your your affiliation is, you're talking about government as a whole. And, yeah, you're right. It is much. Well, and I think back to even moving on the documentary we made and, you know, our main, bi- our main 
um, point. Point. I wasn't. Yeah. Good. Thank you. Uh, was that so often we just paint these pictures of let's remember the worst. And we kept saying, no, like, why do we want to define people by the worst circumstances that they've been in or the decisions they've made or the horrible things that have happened to them? Nobody wants to be defined by that, you know, in the same way that Justin would. We're on a first name basis. Don't worry about it. JB, as I like to call him. (laughs) Is talking about, you know, nobody wants to be. And we know from our own past, like nobody wants to be defined by the worst thing that you've gone through. Yeah. That's horrible. And that's why we called the movie Moving On. Yeah. Because let's move on past that. But I think it also st- starts with personal decisions. Um, you know, I was as I was thinking about this stuff, I was thinking about why even I have a personal bent or draw to like thrillers or crime investigation shows. Because there's a lot of that on TV. And a lot of it's pretty creepy, but I even remember when I was in middle school, you know, and maybe even late elementary school watching Unsolved Mysteries and um, that show, oh, The Commish. Do you remember The Commish? I do. I do. (laughs) Um, And I remember one time my parents were gone for the night, and so I was probably in late middle school, and I was watched a commish, and I was so scared that I remember walking around the house intentionally carrying around a pair of scissors because that was going to be my weapon um, in case something happened for the rest of the night until they came home. Um, And so, I don't know, I've just kind of been thinking about that. Why am I drawn to things that then instill a sense of fear or create an atmosphere of fear in my home and then kind of jades my perspective like I'm starting to fear things that probably are not going to happen like I was probably super safe but I had just intentionally decided to watch something that was gonna jade my perspective well this has been the conversation you know I've had it with with actually your dad uh, my father-in-law and we've we've discussed why we don't follow um, all world events and why we don't watch the nightly news. And he thinks it's really important that we do so that we stay aware of how how much <laughs> the rest of the world is coming after America, basically. And and that, that that's how a lot of people view the world. And I don't I'm not minimizing that and there are realities behind that. I'm not making fun of, of your dad because that's I'm probably in the minority. He's probably in the majority uh, that believe, no, no, you need to stay abreast. You need to know what's going on in the world. Um and and there are some realities to that, but the but the truth is is if the only thing that does to me, as if I read the newspaper on a daily basis, if I listen to it, is I get more and more fearful. If I'm not actually able to act on any of that, if I'm not, if I hear of a Syrian refugee, um, you know, caught between a border somewhere in Europe, uh, and I don't, if, there's not a way for me to donate to help towards that. There's not a way for me to go and help that person then tell me what that is. How that, how does that help that person? And how does that help me other than create more anxiety, more fear, more frustration with our world? Uh, it doesn't. Hmm. And so I think in some ways it, it becomes entertainment. It becomes voyeuristic. We just, we like viewing into other people's issues and, uh, and it doesn't actually help the world. Hmm. It do, me watching the nightly news doesn't help the world. It doesn't right. help me. It doesn't help. It may give me more information, um, but unless I'm doing something about that information, 
tell me how it helps. And I, and I can be proven wrong here, um, but, but I see I become more negative. I see I become more pessimistic. I become less hopeful about the future. Yeah, and you start to, I think it also creates division and disunity among people, um, you know, because it pits people on sides and it, you know, it, I think it also pits humanity against each other in seeing people as enemies and, you know, even from our own personal beliefs and our faith, you know, it's very clear that for us that you're supposed to love, like that's, that's the trump card that covers everything, his love and mercy. And so, yeah, it is, it's really hard. You know, I think it's, we had some of these conversations in multiple times because it seems you know, well, it doesn't seem, but we have taken that shift for Light Gives Heat for LGH in the last couple of years towards media. So we keep coming back to this, for us, what feels like an uphill battle or swimming against the current kind of thing with what we're trying to to push as far as entertainment that also connects but inspires people. Yeah, and... You know, this is started. Hard. This is started for from years ago to when the Oprah Show contacted us and wanted us to uh, have a segment on there. And three different times it got bumped um, from playing because basically they said our story was too positive, and the stories she was covering those on those individual episodes were 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 hard and deep, and 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 they, uh, you know, were negative and. Um, and ours wouldn't, our story wouldn't fit in those episodes. So three separate times it got bumped. Yeah. Um, fast forward five, six years from there, and we were pitching the TV show, uh, The Fine, to TV networks. And over and over we heard um, from the Travel Channel, from TLC, from OWN Network, from Discovery, I mean, Discovery saying uh, it's too earnest. Meaning earnest means good. Uh, it's too good. It's too positive. Um, and so there is a... And there's a reality to that because uh, we just launched the next season of The Find, which is some of the most amazing stories we've ever told. You can go watch it right now on LGH.TV or go check it out on YouTube for the very first time. Everything we've ever worked on is on YouTube. Um, and the views aren't there. I mean, yeah. it, there it's it's a little disheartening if we're honest. It doesn't mean the stories aren't just as good. It doesn't mean that what we've worked on, I am... I'm not more proud of than almost anything we've ever done. It is. It's really fun. It's good. Their stories are incredible. Um, yet it doesn't get shared. Uh, it, yeah, it's um, not getting viewed or shared like we hoped it would would be. And so we're quite, well, you and I have had several conversations questioning, is this worth it? Like we know we're, what we want to do. We know that people who watch it are impacted and enjoy it, not just impacted, but people aren't necessarily watching. I don't know if it's t- lack of time or if it's not that it's juicy or I don't know, whatever it is, but it is hard. Um, which is, <laughs> I just think we're also so divi- divided in what we say than what we do. So I was a, a few months ago, back in September, before we went to the Hollywood Film Festival, I came across this every day we get the media updates of what's going on in the digital world just so we can stay afloat of the industry. And I remember getting this uh, little thing about content discovery. And they were saying that of the people who are cutting cable, um, of like 57% of the study of people were actually considering cutting cable. And it, the biggest driving force behind that consideration wasn't necessarily the cost, 
but it was the content discovery, meaning that 75% of them were frustrated that they were unable to find anything enjoyable to watch. And they said, um, they, a third of them actually said they frequently found nothing to watch after spending about 20 minutes looking for something. So it's crazy because we have so much at our fingertips in far, as far as what to watch, but what's out there, people aren't finding enjoyable. Yeah. Do you see that? Like it's it's kind of weird. I don't get it. Well, you know, in, in the eighties, um, I was reading that you know CNN was the very first uh, was the first company to decide to put on a twenty four hour a new twenty uh, four hour news coverage, mm-hmm. which there isn't enough going on in the world uh, to cover twenty four hours of news. But they knew that if you um, could both repeat, which we're seeing over and over as you get a year away from the the presidential um, race, they you, you continue what basically what they had to do, what CNN had to do, and what Fox News in in the mid '90s as they came um, onto cable uh, is they had to hype up things, they had to play things over and over and over, and they had to search out the most attention-grabbing headlines that they can. And naturally, uh, in the same way that kids, of course, would prefer candy over something healthy, Hmm. our brains naturally go to what's negative. And so Fox News, CNN, they are here to sell ads. MSNBC. They are companies that are based around selling ad space and you make more money when more people watch. Right. They're not there to give us news. They are there to keep you and uh, to keep you to continue to watch longer and longer because they sell ads for more and more money the more people are watching and the longer they watch. And so, um, but but for some reason, we've twisted that and assumed that they're, they're there to just report the no. news to us when in fact, if they reported the news... Um, unbiased, if they just reported what was going around in the world, um, going on in the world, uh, it would be a balance of just these amazing things that are going on and these incredible events that people are holding and money that was being raised for incredible needs, um, along with really difficult situations. Um, But instead, what we see is finding the very worst going on in our world and then play that on repeat until something worse than that happens, or a candidate says something more offensive, or a um, a company does something even worse, and you latch onto it for as long as it can take, for as long as the viewer will watch, and uh, and the cycle just continues. Right. Yeah. So number one is that they're a business trying to make money. Like yeah. that's their only goal. So if they can hook you with fear, then you just keep coming back because it's that was like, remember, you know, Blizzard two thousand three. Yeah. You know, or they name things. You know. And just they're drawing upon that fear that they've instilled, and then or a candidate will give it a presidential candidate will give it an hour long speech, okay, a forty five minute long speech, and they'll pull two sentences from that entire thing that make headlines, and then that was that's all they report on, and then mm-hmm. they have people sit around a, a room talking about I can't believe they said this, and can you believe this, and how are they ever going to, you know, do this thing or change this thing? or, um, And yet most of us, and I think that's probably partly why we wanted to chat about this today, is most of us spend our days um, 
consuming this information from newspapers and magazines and TV networks, not understanding that they're companies who are delivering those things to us that have an inherent... um, Vested interest in making money. Yeah, yeah. You know, other thing I was thinking about when we were in New York City, we went to the Seth Meyers taping, which was really fun. And then we also went to a John Oliver taping. So it was fun to get to see some behind the scenes on some shows. But I remember seeing something about NBC and I was, I was really, I had no idea that they had such a history in our country. So I actually had checked some stuff out and actually NBC was started in 1926. Okay. And they were the first people to start, you know, with radio broadcasting. And they really flourished in, you know, the 30s and 40s and 50s. And, and actually AT&T was back at that time because they needed the phone lines and to help with the delivery of the broadcasting, but um, which I thought was interesting as well. But, you know, mainly back then it was stuff brought to the living room to entertain. And it was fun in nature. And they had these lot. It was all through the radio, so you weren't watching yet, but you were listening to comedy or entertainment um, banter or whatever it was. And, you know, over the years, you had Roosevelt come in and have the fireside chats and giving us information during the war. And um, so it was delivering information in a way to, like, communicate with the masses. But you're right, at some point it shifted once it turned into the business of advertising yeah yeah that's i think most people forget when you watch when you turn on your tv the only way those shows let alone the news are created is because they've been sold they're selling ads and so really what you're watching are ads and what fills in between that are shows and news from my geeky side point of just wanting to know if if there's anything more or if it's just like do we have a choice in this i guess what it comes down to is knowing that we are bent towards that do we have a choice and of course we have a choice but um i found this interesting article that was um done in a study that was conducted up in canada at mcgill university um it was on the bbc uh, website but they wanted to do this kind of hidden study with participants trying to find out why we are drawn to bad news and ask the question, like, why? And so they set up this study where they brought people in telling them that they were going to do an eye-tracking study with their eyes, and they put them in front of um, computers with some articles, political articles, and told them that this was a warm-up and they could just read stuff and it was important that you read the actual articles. And then they did some other filler things and then they asked them questions about what kind of political news they would like to read. Um, And so the results of the experiment were that participants often chose stories with a negative tone about corruption, setbacks, hypocrisy, rather than neutral, positive stories, and that people who are most interested in current affairs and politics were particularly likely to choose the bad news. Yet, when asked, the people said they preferred good news. On average, they said that the media was too focused on negative stories. And so when they tracked it, it's interesting because they tended to the most read articles 
were the negative ones. Were the negative ones. Yet the people said those very same people preferred good news. Yeah, and that media was too focused on the bad. Yet they chose to read the negative stuff. Yeah. Well, and we've run into that over and over is that people love the thing we're doing and love the find and have loved moving on and have loved the way that we've, even when we worked in Uganda, they, you know, we, we, we continually stayed away from focusing on, uh, you know, the fact that all the women we were working with were refugees and widows and, um, you know, so many of the kids, they were looking over orphans and, and, and had we decided to stick with that narrative of how bad it was. I truly think our organization would have grown more. We would yeah. have, again, more, got more attention. But the truth was, is so many people came to us and said, I really appreciate the fact that you guys are calling or telling these kinds of stories. And, and so we've really made that commitment. But um, over and over, we, we run into the fact that the same people, uh, and, and we're in that as well, uh, who with, with one breath say, yeah, we really want positive stories. We really want to share, you, you, to read good news um, in reality, we tend to stick to the negative news. I actually read an, uh, another article that was saying that, um, good news, um, or bad news far outweighs good news by as much as 17 negative news reports for every one good news report. That's crazy. 17 to one, it gets shared. Um, even shared. Yeah. 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 Well, that same BBC article, then, so the researchers kind of came up with some hypotheses and maybe some reasons why, but they, you know, one of the things they said is as people were, we tend to respond quicker to negative words. So if you were asked to hit a button after you hear a word, we, when you, in a lab experiment, if you flash the word cancer or bomb or war, you, people will hit the button faster, um, than if it was, you know, like baby or smile or fun or things like that. So we have, as humans, and they, they're saying maybe that that is a way of protecting ourselves right. from threats or danger, that we can respond to, to negative things quicker. So maybe it's just, you know, our vigilance. But they also thought this was, and I think this is very interesting, that there's another interpretation of the researchers that they said, we pay attention to bad news because on the whole, we think our world is actually rosier than it is. When it comes down to our own lives, most people believe we were better than average. And like the cliches, we expect things to be okay in the end. So maybe if we are thinking that our worlds are actually better than they are, we are actually drawn to stuff that surprises us. Hmm. So the negative thing. So it's that we actually think we're doing good. And so if our lives are great, then we kind of like like the juicy, salient yeah. surprises of the negative stuff, which I don't know. So then they're saying maybe it's not necessarily, maybe it's a lot more complex than a choice. Maybe there's a lot more that's going on like in our well, subconscious and i think i think that probably changes as we grow up because you know morgan you know we sit down each evening and have a meal together with our kids and often we do highs and lows and for our kids they can point out hmm. 20 highs from their day you know, we played football at recess i caught a touchdown pass i was you know i did this or i did that or in class we played this or we did this um and they're they're pretty hard pressed to find a low and then it comes to you and I, and it's much easier to. Yeah, list I think we off. do the low first. 
yeah, it's it's much easier to list off our lows and things that were hard that day and difficult. Mm. And and then some days we're hard pressed to point out a couple really good things that happen. Um, and so, you know, part of that is growing up in this world is difficult and this world is hard. Um, but we also know that so much of that is a choice of, of the things we remember and the things we, we make mental notes of throughout the day. Um, we've heard people... Um, Rob Bell talks a lot about this. Uh, people often have difficulty. Um, one, one of the reasons why often people are, are are bent away from religion or away from God is they say, well, there's so many bad things in the world going on. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe in a God that would allow these things to happen. I can't believe that this, you know, a God would allow that to happen. And he said, well, you know, the hard part with a with an argument like that is, is, is it's easy to point out all the bad things. But if you're going to play that game, if you're going to play that, that balance system, mm. you also have to say, well, then why do I have these amazing kids? And why on a, on a summer's night can I sit next to my wife or my friends and have a chat and it's beautiful and it feels surreal? And it, um, why do we also you know, get to eat a meal tonight together? So, But our brains naturally forget the good and and the gifts and the beauty and and it so easily presses to what we have a lack of or the mm. negative of. Yeah, that's good. I think that's like that's that's where the wrap up is, you know? Like where how do we as individuals, as people committed to seeing and pointing out the beauty in this world, shift our perspective and where we put our attention and what we talk about? what we choose to digest and what we choose to share and and act with um you know hearts of gratitude and if we are looking for the things that are positive and true and beautiful i think we've also learned that that's the only really that that's the only route in road to joy right so if we want to be joy-filled people who are you know, bringing light and love and hope to our communities and our world, and we better start shifting our where we place our attention, our where we place our focus, um, because at any given point in a day, there's yes, there are hard things, yes, there are difficult situations, yes, there is cancer, and yes, there is death and disease and atrocities all over the world. That is very true, but we get to be the kind of people who point out the good and the true and the beautiful all around us because that is just as available as the negative. That is just as apparent. That, that is just, um, it just doesn't get point out, pointed out as, as often. And we get to be those people and that, that gets to be our call. Today we will choose. We will choose to focus on what is good, what is true, what is beautiful. Oh, that's sounding like something I've heard before. Um, in this world and, and sharing that those types of messages yeah so be the kind of people who today point out the good things share the the good that happened in school with your kids or with work today and even when everything in you is screaming to point out that frustration that bad thing that happened the thing you saw on the news um, the thing your neighbor did right. the thing your friend did yeah yeah be yeah. be be the opposite of that and uh and let's see what it does. That's that sounds fun. So switching it up, doing the the intro at the end, as we talked about already, we you can go and watch 
the new season of the Find. Full season of yeah. the Find Nicaragua. <clears throat> Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. And that's on YouTube. Yep. And please, if if you like us, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We kind of have a lame URL right now, but we only get to have a custom URL and custom page if we hit 500 subscribers. So please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah. That would help us out immensely. And then share and ask friends to do the same. And so then- just go onto YouTube and search for LGHTV. That's all you have to do. Go up in the search bar, go LGHTV, and uh, and you'll find us. We're, we'll be the first thing that comes up. And right. Go and subscribe. And we, all subscription subscribing means for you who don't use YouTube a lot is uh, simply whenever we put out a new video, it'll shoot you uh, a message saying, hey, LGHTV just put something new up. That's yeah. all that means. And then, this is really fun. So we just got a shipment of <clears throat> join products from India. So from season one of The Find, the amazing company that we focused on, one of the amazing companies that we focused on was Join. And they hand make bags and home products. And so we have these incredible handbags with, you know, some of them have leather, some of them have vegan leather, some of them have no leather, but they're all beautiful. We just got an awesome shipment in. So those are all available just in time for Christmas on our websites. So lgh.tv and then just click in the upper right hand on the store. It'll take you right to the store. But we do have pretty limited quantities. So... Hurry up and get yours before it's too late. Yeah, we ship usually within 24 hours, so you know. Um, and and 99% of the time, it's either Morgan or I shipping it, or or sometimes my mom, Yay. Teresa. Um, so we are a small company, and we would love your support to not only help LGH throughout the uh, holiday season, but also uh, in helping join. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we love it. So as always, we will uh, quickly share what it is this week that is inspiring us. And for me... Uh, we just recently watched this beautiful movie. Some of you have probably heard of uh, the uh, the circumstances that led up to this, but uh, Make a Wish Foundation uh, made a wish for a kid that was coming out of remission of cancer, um, and it's called Bat Pat Bat Kid Begins. Um, they made a wish in San Francisco a couple years back that they basically turned the downtown city of of uh, um, San Francisco into Gotham City, and it is one of the most inspirational, funny, beautiful movies I've seen in a long time. Right, so. and it was awesome. Our kids loved it. We got it at Redbox. Yeah, but it was one of those stories where uh, it really did the opposite of everything we just talked about for the last half hour. Uh, it, it used the positivity of of a story like this, and it had the ability to wrap hundreds of thousands if not millions of people around this story and made this dream for this kid uh, just amazing that's good that's really good even just thinking back to the story and what we've talked about today it is possible it drew people in and people wanted to be a part of it so if even if we have this subconscious draw towards the negative people are hungry and looking for a chance to share and be invited into a bigger story yeah we yeah. just need so to get it out there it's on it's in Redbox right now i know um i would imagine you can get the dvd through netflix if that's if you still get dvds through netflix uh, i don't think it's streaming yet but um i'm, I'm sure soon it yeah. will be but you can get it right now in Redbox and um anywhere dvds are sold and it's called bat kid begins yep and along those same lines talking about positive media uh if you have not heard of sold pancake before 
that is a great place where you can go and yeah, just get some incredible content that makes you feel good, that connects humanity, that inspires you, that makes you laugh and smile. Um, they carry one of our favorites, which is Kid President. So anytime you need a little pick-me-up, it's fun to watch Kid President give you a little pep talk. And they they come out with videos, uh, gosh, at least a couple times a week uh, from a handful of different shows that they run. And uh, yeah, go go check them out. They're on YouTube. Uh, You can also go to soulpancake.com. Right. So with that, have a beautiful week and keep choosing things that are bold and bright and beautiful and good and fun and connecting. And as always, you can find us on lgh.tv, our website, uh, on Facebook, uh, just search out lgh.tv, and uh, both on Instagram and Twitter, find us with the handles lgh underscore tv. Thanks so much. Have a good one.